My name is Jeffrey Zagarias. Please join us as we give praise, honor, and glory to our loving, awesome, and merciful God. Well, He is loving, and He is merciful, and He is awesome. And it is awesome to be with you here again today uh, in this... We're getting close to the end of July 2020. Unbelievable. We're in the... um, we're in the studio here. We have a, a new studio that's portable, and uh, and we have Father Richard Champney O'Carm. Uh, he is zooming in again. This is two weeks in a row, Father. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So great to have you. Thanks for coming in again, Father Richard. My pleasure. Thank you. And we also have in the um, cockpit again, Jackson Messick, who uh, has been with us for many programs. And uh, Jackson, how's it going? Good, good. So good to be with both of you. Oh, always, always great to have you in on the program, Jackson Messick. And believe it or not, folks, we're on episode number 142. We are the underground independent Catholic Christian radio broadcast brought to you once a week by the power of God and your prayer. So we thank you so much for your prayers. Please continue to pray for us and our ministry and the radio stations that host us. And I'd like to, I'd like to call them out right off the bat. We have 98.3 FM, the Catholic voice of the Palm Beaches, which is where we got our start. They're doing a fundraiser. Pray about gifting them. 100.1 FM, Prince of Peace, Catholic Radio. That is in the Treasure Coast of, of Florida. Again, they are raising money as well. Pray about uh, uh, gifting them as well, and if the Lord puts it on your heart. And by the way, those two small radio stations are completely independent of the diocese that they're in, and they're independent of EWTN or any of the reprogramming or the rebroadcasting, I should say, that you're hearing. So for those stations to stay on the air, we do need to support them with our prayer and with Uh, gifts, financial gifts, okay? So pray about that. Without your help, they will go off the air. It's as simple as that. And they are, I I will say, and I know for a fact, they are completely voluntary as we are. Praise you, Lord. We're a completely voluntary ministry, and uh, no one is drawing salary, etc. So uh, by the grace of God, we'll continue. And um, we'd also like to thank so much Catholic Radio Network. Such an honor to be on in the states of Colorado, Missouri, and Kansas. It's just, like, awesome. Um, if we're being played down in Texas, that's great, too. It's, like, an unofficial. I don't know, if, I don't know what, how that happens. But we're just so grateful that if this program is touching you in any way, shape, or form, we're grateful because we're— sowing seeds to the kingdom of God, we believe, and uh, we never know what's going to grow out of it. We sow the seeds, and God does the rest. We surrender it to him, and by his grace, we, you know, we do a good job and do whatever he tells us, and, uh, and, he, and he, he's the one, he's the fruit, he's the one that gets the fruit to grow on the, on the, 
on the trees, so to speak, and the uh, vegetables in the gardens. So anyways, um, podcast listeners, thank you for listening. And by the way, we're getting a lot more feedback, and we're so grateful for that. Thank you so much. Found out because we had a an, a, an invest, investigative journalist from the Florida Catholic, which is a pretty big newspaper down here in South Florida and across the state, uh, reach out to me. And if you can believe it, gentlemen, I was three quarters up the side of a mountain and my phone rings and I was like, who is this? And I, I heard the message. I said, I must get back to this, this woman because she said that um, we went to your website and the email is not working. So we probably haven't gotten a lot of feedback. I want to apologize to all those out there. If you have been sending email to us and not getting responses, that's because we haven't received email for who knows how long. And um, we're so sorry about that. You know, we're we're uh, we're just a we're volunteers, and um, you know, to have this infrastructure is just uh, unbelievable to begin with. And then, of course, you have these uh, these complications with technology every once in a while. So. Sorry about that. If you want a stable uh, email to reach us at, you can reach me at my business, which is ZagariaVocalAcademy.com. Z-A-G-A-R-I-A. That's my last name. VocalAcademy.com, the, the online vocal and music academy. And, um, and you can always reach us at that uh, through that website, okay? That's a stable website for sure. So, again, sorry for anyone that, tried to contact us and we didn't get back to you. It was not personal. And it was just that we, we haven't received any email. And I found out through this woman who was just a stickler to get in touch with me. Uh, she figured out how to find, find me. And here I am speaking to her on the side of a mountain, literally, um, and explaining, you know, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm on the side of a mountain, but, and I'm really sorry. And, and I'll, tr I'll get back to you when I get to the bottom of it. Um, you know, eventually, God willing. So, all right. So today we have a very exciting program. I'm excited about it. Um, something dear to my heart, this subject, we're going to be speaking about the rosary and the Holy Spirit. And I'm so happy that Father Richard could be in on the program because he, you know, he is a, um, he's a Catholic priest. He is a Carmelite priest. And uh, he is, he's not a, a rookie priest either. Are you, Father? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to joke with Father Richard because that's the kind of relationship we have. And many, many times we joke and have, we have a lot of laughs. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Right, Father? Yes. Yes, <laughs> that's right. And Father Richard, um, I, I, I like to joke that Father Richard is, is the hardest working retired person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> I second that. That's well, so true. <laughs> maybe before the COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, see true. that the Lord is is giving you a sabbatical, <laughs> Father, if you like it or not. I guess. Right. <laughs> maybe so. Maybe not. I don't know. But at any rate, it's wonderful to have you again in on the program, and uh, we're going to be speaking about the Rosary. There's a lot of misconceptions about the Rosary. The Rosary had a lot to do with me personally being delivered and healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's that's what God, by the grace of God, I cried out to God. I, it was not a Christian prayer that I made. It was not a certainly not a Catholic prayer in my desperation. And and only a day or two later, I'm um, praying the Rosary, 
and on a daily basis. Uh, my grandmother had prayed the rosary every day. I wasn't unfamiliar with the rosary beads, but I was unfamiliar with the actual praying of the rosary. And uh, the last thing in the world I thought I would do was pray the rosary, because I left the Catholic Church coming out of Boston, Massachusetts, metropolitan Boston, where there were all kinds of problems, and, may, and I hope they've been cleaned up. I really do. And if they haven't, I'd like to see them all, everything cleaned up across the whole planet as far as any of the scandals. And, um, and so uh, it wasn't just that, but I, I had just, I had left the church. I'm not, um, I'm not uh, making, I'm not blaming anyone. I, I, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have left the church. I really shouldn't have, but I did. And I had really gotten lost several years later into it. I'm in my young 20s at this point, very desperate, almost dying, you know, at the point where uh, I, 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 I mean, really, I'm here on borrowed time, not borrowed time, but the Lord saved my, saved me. He saved me. What can I say? I cried out to him. He saved me. And, and very quickly, I'm, you know, a day or two later, this, this person who was my friend, who happened to be very beautiful, a beautiful young girl, um, asked me to pray this rosary. I started praying, and I, found, and I received peace through this prayer, and I had tried everything. I mean, I had tried everything to have peace. I couldn't sleep. I had terrible anxiety and so on. So, um, so what I, I, know, I know from my own personal experience that the Lord used this very powerful prayer to save me and to heal me and to deliver me. God did it, but he did it through the prayer of the rosary. And that is my testimony. That happened to me. And so um, what I've observed, and we were having a quick conversation before, is that we see a lot of rosaries. You know, I'm a baseball player. I see a lot of people, and they have rosary beads around their neck. I see, we see them in, on, on the mirrors of people's car, uh, cars. We see them when we walk into our friends' houses sometimes, and we see them up on the wall, right? We see rosaries in many places, but who's praying the rosary? And why would you want to pray? Why would you, listener, or us, why would we want to pray the rosary? What is the rosary? And is the rosary important? Is the rosary effective? And can the rosary... Can, the, can God help you through the rosary? I think this is a very good question to ask and to mm -hmm. consider. Father, what, what are your thoughts? Well, you just uh, outlined everything that I should be saying, I guess. <laughs> and as usual, <laughs> you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's wonderful. Praise um, God. Let me just give a quick personal testimony myself. Okay. Um, I grew up as a child uh, in a very, very Catholic family. And we, there were five of five siblings at that time. Another one came 10, 10 years, 12 years later. But um, every night after dinner, we used to pray the rosary together. And I still remember they had this plastic statue of the Blessed Mother. And in the bottom of the statue, there was, it was like a, a blue cloud. And you could unscrew that from the top of the statue. And a rosary was in there with big, thick black beads. Oh. And... We all had the privilege to take, you know, like a decade at a time and pass it around the whole family. Fortunately, there were five of us, so that worked out nicely in those days. It's awesome. And the rosary, as I say, was always, always very important to us. Um, when I was in um, the eighth grade, I had a, a lovely, well, Jeffrey was talking about this lovely girl that he had. 
Well, uh, this was my girlfriend at that time. Her name was Carol. She has since died. God bless her. May she rest in peace. But um, Carol was just a sweet, gentle girl. And we were having this competition with sister, sister Helen William, who was leading the, the class. And she was asking us to recite certain poems. And there was one poem, I don't remember the title of the poem, but it was about the rosary. And I was at this point just about to be the winner of the, of the uh, little competition. And <laughs> I hesitated for a second. Let me just back up a little bit. The yeah. words that I was speaking at this point was, and it was the, the, the poem was about the rosary. And so I was saying, you know, about the rosary, you are the only chain I wear, a sign that I am but a slave. And I was trying to figure out what the rest of the poem was. Well, Carol was standing, oh, I can still see her standing there on the side by the blackboard. And um, before, before I got to the words about chain, um, that's, that's where I hesitated. And I couldn't think of the next line. And it was only like a flash, a minute. And Carol just put her, she had a chain on, and she just put her hand around the chain and looked at me, and it was, whoo, that was the cue I needed. And then I finished it. You are the only chain I wear, a sign that I am but a slave in life and death beyond the grave to Jesus and his mother fair. And I won the competition. Beautiful. You know? <laughs> but uh, Beautiful. so I, I always think of that when I think of the rosary. And, you know, I, I try to pray the rosary every day. And uh, there have been times in my life when I, I kind of let it go for a while. But right now, it's, it's become more and more important to me. And um, I really, you know, the other thing that Jeffrey and I talked about before was the connection between Mary and the rosary and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Well, my life has become much more involved with knowing, understanding, and preaching about the Holy Spirit. And I think it's not accidental that the rosary has become that much more important for me. <clears throat> Mary, the mother of Jesus, if you remember in the scriptures in the uh, New Testament, wonderful things that are said about Mary. She was just a simple little virgin in a simple little town of Nazareth. And she was obviously a very holy little girl, but she's probably only about 14. And she had very devout parents, and they had taught her everything in the Old Testament. So she knew the scriptures. And then one day, as she was praying, she had this apparition of an angel. And we believe the angel's name was Gabriel. And Gabriel came and spoke to her and said, Mary, I'm paraphrasing, you're going to be the mother of God, the mother of the Savior, the mother of the Messiah. And Mary <laughs> looked at him and said, what? Me? I'm just a young girl. What am I going to do? But also at that point, she was already betrothed, already engaged to St. Joseph. And she said, but, you know, we're engaged, but we have not gotten together as husband and wife. So she said, how can I do that? And the angel said, this is the key. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the child to be born of you will be holy, the son of the Most High. Mm -hmm. 
And she looked at him in, in awe, you can be sure. And as she looked at him, it was like she probably paused for no more than a nanosecond. And she said, whatever is God's will, I want to do. So she said, your will be done. That's, we've traditionally called that through in the, in the old Latin words, fiat. And so that fiat means let it be done. Hmm. And that's long before fiat became the name of a car. But uh, mm -hmm. let it be done was Mary's, that was her big prayer. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, her life changed and the life of the whole world changed. The life of history changed Amen. because the Holy Spirit had come upon her and within her womb began the life of the one that we call Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, the Messiah. Uh, we have a hundred titles for him. And they're all wonderful and powerful. One of my favorite ones is Emmanuel, because we always refer to this during the uh, time just before Christmas and called Advent season. Emmanuel, we're told, means God is with us. Mm -hmm. And this child who is to be born will be called Emmanuel. God is with us. So from that moment on, he has been with the, the whole of humanity. Mm. and always will be. And it's because Mary, this simple little child, this beautiful little girl, was open to the Holy Spirit and allowed the Holy Spirit to come within her and to give her the gift mm. that would be Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Mary. Amen. Now, you may wonder, what does that have to do with the rosary? Mm. Well, that's what the rosary is all about. The rosary is kind of Mary's contemplation, Mary's meditation and thinking about what happened to her and what would happen to her son. And as her son grew up and went through the whole suffering and passion and death, um, she was there and she knew it all. And all the, the prayers of the rosary, which right now we have four uh, decades of four, five decade sections. So 20 altogether. Um, it's all about what happened to Mary and what happened to her son, Jesus. And that's kind of the foundation for everything that has happened to us as members of the Catholic Church, especially, but as member of any Christian denomination. And the fact of the matter is the human race. This mm -hmm. was not done just for the Jews in Jerusalem and in Nazareth. It was done for humanity. Mm -hmm. And Jesus came through the Holy Spirit, not just for that little group that was there in her time, but for all people, for all men and women throughout the whole of history, Jesus came as the Savior to save us all. And so the rosary takes a look at that, a kind of a, a meditative contemplation, looking at who Mary was, who Jesus was, and trying to kind of allow that to enter into ourselves, into our souls, so that we can begin to understand all of these mysteries and then begin to see how they affect us and what we can do in our life to respond to these mysteries, these, this wonderful gift of faith that the Lord has given us in and through Mary and, of course, faith in Jesus Christ, her son. Um, 
I got carried away there, but anyway. Well, Father, no, that that's wonderful, and uh, that was great. That was really beautiful. Um, so eloquently put and very simple, which was wonderful. I'd like to add, if if it's okay, sure. I'd like to add that everything you were describing about Mary and her encounter with the Holy Spirit, which is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. where the where the Holy Spirit overshadowed her according to scripture mm-hmm. and Jesus Emmanuel became with us in that moment as uh, you know, uh, as a, as a baby. And we can say about nine months later, he was born. Yes. But that, that, but that, that, that child, uh, that that child existed nine months beforehand in her womb and going back to last week's, um, broadcast, and that was, let's see now, that was what, that would have been, uh, praise you, Lord, number 141, right? 141. Mm-hmm. Um, that you went through the location that that happened, Father. You've been there. There's a, there's a place, there's a location. Not only is there a location, but there's a location in Scripture, and it's Luke 1, where all of this is written out very, 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 specifically in and in our rosary we meditate a lot on Luke 1 as a matter of fact the Hail Mary the prayer of the Hail Mary many of the most of the words of the Hail Mary are in Luke 1 itself they're 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 quotes from the Holy Bible right which is the New Testament which in some people will say well look the rosary is uh, a Catholic thing it's not a Christian Protestant thing or whatever, however someone might, but well, it's in our Bible. You know, it's a it's a biblical prayer, mm-hmm. right? Because some people, you know, we Catholics, we 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 Bible is foundational for us, right? But we also believe in the tradition of the two thousand years that we believe the Holy Spirit has continued to inspire us beyond what is written in the Bible. Father, could you comment on that? On what Catholics believe? As far as as far as uh, the scripture and tradition, sure. Um, we are so blessed to have the sacred scriptures, and we call them sacred because they are so important. And we believe that these scriptures were inspired by God Himself, God the Father, speaking through the Holy Spirit, and having men or women writing down on a piece of paper, papyrus in the Old Testament, whatever it may have been, um, words from from God to his people. And, you know, once we hear those words, then that's, that's what stirs up our faith. Um, and I was just looking at some of the notes that I have from uh, one of the letters. The rosary, you know, it may seem like a brand new thing to some people, it's really, it only goes back a few centuries. It doesn't go back to the early church. But basically, St. Dominic, back in the, what, 16th century, around that time, he was the one who gave us a form to, to pray the rosary. But, you know, before that, people were always looking at the scriptures and saying, you know, what, what was Mary doing? And then as Jesus came along and lived his life, we look at the, the events of Jesus in the scripture, the events that, you know, like uh, the wedding at Cana, 
What a beautiful story. Mary and Jesus were at the wedding, and we're not sure who the wedding was, but friends or relatives. And the two of them were there just as mother and son. And this Jesus was an adult at this point. And uh, Mary was saying, you know, it's wonderful to be here, but, you know, these poor people, there's a big crowd. And I always joke that, well, part of the problem was that the 12 apostles were there too. And they were probably drinking more wine than they should have. But <laughs> um, all the people were there and the wine of the celebration ran out. They just hadn't planned it somehow. And Mary was thinking, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? So she turns to Jesus, her son, knowing who he really is. And she says, Lord, son, they have no wine. And she didn't tell him what to do or how to do it. She just made a statement, look, they have no wine. And so Jesus' response was, first of all, it's not my time to start doing miracles. You know, and a little bit later on, I'm going to start, you know, doing important things like that. But right now, it's not my hour. So Mary said, okay. And then she turned to the waiters and said, one of the great lines of scripture, do whatever he tells you. So she, she just, as a good mother, knew what was in the heart and the mind of her son. Mm. And so she said, she looked at Jesus and she could tell he was doing this reluctantly at first, but because she asked him, he, he did something wonderful. And he told the waiters, fill up those six jars of water, uh, with water, and then give it to the host. At first you say, well, what's the host going to do with all that water? But when he brought it to the host, he tasted it, and it was the best wine he'd ever tasted. Mm -hmm. The first visible, obvious miracle that Jesus performed. Certainly not the last. I mean, he's still performing miracles to this day. Amen. But what a miracle that was. And it was because Mary had confidence in her son. She knew her son. She trusted her son. And he responded and gave this miracle to the world. And something Amen. that we can always return. Amen. Father, you know, um, that's wonderful. That's, I, I just love where you brought this. That's, thank you for doing this. It's, it's just great. Um, I'm in John 2, John chapter 2, the gospel. And that's where this is written. Right, the wedding at Cana. Yeah, if if, if the, anyone's listening out there, you're driving a truck and you get to the pit stop and you want to open your Bible up, just read John chapter 2, and you're going to read about the wedding at Cana. And you know, Father, another, another thought I had is Jesus responds to his mother in John chapter 2. And, and that response is a great example because Jesus not only taught the law, he he is the law. He's he's the he's the the law made flesh. He's the word made flesh. He honored his mother, as mm -hmm. it is written, to honor our mother and father. Amen. Right. Absolutely, that's a perfect example of that. Very good. And I believe that he still honors her. I don't think that that was just on the planet <laughs> while we were alive. I'm sure that Jesus, as as her son, still honors. His mother. I believe that 100%. Yeah. Well, a good testimony to that 
is how many times Mary has appeared apparitions to people all over the world for centuries, from the very beginning. As a matter of fact, she's appeared so many times that I once asked the question, what's wrong with heaven? She doesn't seem to want to stay there. <laughs> but she comes to her to you know, to us, to her people. And she's always telling us, come, come closer to my son. You know, leave your your wicked ways behind you if you have any, and turn to the Lord. You know, change your life, bring your life closer to God. Um, and always, you know, with the awareness that whatever you have done or not done that he's right there ready and willing to accept you, mm. to forgive you, to heal you. This is why he came to earth. This is why he suffered and died on the cross. This is why he rose from the dead. And Mary knows that so intimately. Mm. She knows her son like no one else knows her son. And so whenever there's anything that, you know, we're not too sure what to do about or something that we might fear or might get anxious about or something that seems confusing, um, go to Mary and she'll take this and she'll bring it to her son. And then keep in mind what she said at the wedding of Cana, when the son speaks to you, do whatever he tells you. Yeah. Amen. Which, which father, I don't know if you know this, but that is my favorite scripture. I didn't, but praise God. Yeah. I, I, I might even say it every day, maybe <laughs> more than once. Good. And uh, because to me, that really simplifies my life, Father Richard. Sure. And I like being simple, Father Richard, because my brain can make things complicated. I've learned that. And listening to oh, yeah. too many opinions can make things complicated. And I realize, no, no. I want to do whatever he tells me. I don't want to do whatever someone else tells me. I don't want to do whatever I tell myself. I want to do what he tells me. Amen. Father Richard, Amen. I, I, I want to make a make a point here. Um, I was, I was reading my Bible here in my hands, right? This morning I had coffee. It was early in the morning, beautiful day, absolutely beautiful birds singing. And I always ask the Holy Spirit, there's yours. Yep. And there's Jackson's. We all, we're all, <laughs> we're all carrying the sword of the spirit. So Amen. that's a good thing. So, um, Father Richard and Jackson, I, 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 as I'm sure particularly Jackson knows, you know, I'm, I'm, and Father Richard, I know you know, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to open the Scriptures so I can understand them. I need the Holy Spirit to teach me, because Jesus told us He would not leave us orphan, and he, that we wouldn't need a teacher, actually, that the Holy Spirit would teach us. So I'm asking the Holy Spirit to teach me and show me what, I'm, you know, what to read and, and, and what would inspire me. Now, I do something that I like to kind of jokingly call Bible roulette. Okay. I know it. Well. Okay, we're basically praying in the Holy Spirit and just opening the Bible. It, it it wasn't exactly that, but let's put it this way: it's a complete miracle that I opened to two scriptures. One of them, one of them was the Luke one, and I said, "This is amazing." I'm reading Luke one. This is such great. I mean, I've read Luke one so many times, but to read it again, and every time I read something in the Bible. Um, it just, it, I, I see something new, even though I've read it over and over and over, particularly the Gospels. But I was also in, um, in the book of, oh, I'm in the wrong one, in the book of Genesis, okay? Mm -hmm. I think it was Genesis 22. Let me, let me double check that. But in Genesis, and I'm reading about Abraham, the father of our faith, the father of faith. Uh, I forgot his title, but he's a, 
He's a right. huge patriarch, right? Yeah. And Abraham, um, it's in Genesis 22. And I'm reading about Genesis 22. And in Genesis 22, it, it, it talks about how, you know, Abraham has a son, a, another miraculous birth, right? He's 100 years old. He has a son. Right. Right. And in this Genesis 22, an angel also is speaking to him. Okay. And he, he, um, he is instructed to basically put this, all of his hope of his whole life onto the altar of sacrifice. And then he does what the, he hears the Lord ask him to do. And then the Lord provides because the Lord is a provider and there's a ram caught in a thicket and that becomes the sacrifice. Right. And then in verse 15, um, uh, the angel of the Lord calls to Abraham from heaven a second time, okay? And then in 18, he it, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll go to 18, and the angel says, and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed and bless themselves because you have heard and obeyed my voice. Amen. So Abraham, the blessing... So he was blessed, right? We, now, Mary's we call her the Blessed Mother. Why do we call her the Blessed Mother? Because the Scriptures call her blessed. We're just, yeah. we're, it's a scriptural reference. We believe in the Bible, and, and, and she is the Blessed Mother. Well, we can see here that he is blessed. Abraham is too blessed. And, they, and remember, Mary is the relative of Abraham. Many generations later, and through this bloodline, through this promise, way back in Abraham's time, this angel could have been the same angel. We don't know the name of the angel. It's not stated in the Old Testament, in, in, in Genesis, his name, I don't believe. But Abraham uh, is, is blessed, and he's blessed for a reason. He's blessed because you have heard and obeyed. Amen. You have heard and obeyed. My voice, the Lord, the voice of the Lord. And this is what Mary has done. She heard and she obeyed. And then not and then her testimony at the wedding of Cana is do whatever he tells you. So that he's she's saying, listen to him mm-hmm. and do what he says. Amen. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Yes. And you know, it's like that's Two important things in there that are very basic to humanity and probably two of the most difficult things we as human beings have to deal with. Take Mary, for example, or even Abraham or even Jeffrey. You know, when the Lord speaks, the first thing we have to be is humble. And to be humble means to put the other person ahead of ourselves. And to recognize the other person is, in some ways, greater than ourselves. And certainly Mary and Abraham and even Jeffrey um, recognize this when the Lord speaks. So that, that's where we call the virtue of humility. And it's not saying that I'm nothing or I'm nobody, but rather it's saying who I am is willing to listen to the great I am, Amen. who is God himself. I love that. And the second element is almost as difficult, maybe more sometimes, obedience, to do what we are told. Mm-hmm. Now, humans, 
don't like to ever be told anything by anyone. Mm. <clears throat> um, that always reminds me of a, a funny little story, I suppose it is. When I was a novice many, many, many years ago, I had charge at one time of taking the taking care of the flowers on the altar in the chapel. Hmm. Uh, I always loved flowers, and I always loved the chapel. So our novice master gave me that job. And one day uh, he came in, and he saw the flowers there, and he was not too happy because one or two of them seemed to have died. And he said, you know, get rid of them, get rid of them. And I said, okay, I will right away. And um, then I said something to him like, you know, uh, wouldn't you like to have some fresh flowers on the altar right now? And out of nowhere, he said, don't you tell me what to do. He was joking because, you know, he was definitely joking and he, he you know, chuckled. But that never, that always stuck in my mind. Hmm. You know, nobody wants anybody else to tell them what to do. Now, a novice doesn't want the novice master to tell him what to do, but of course he knows that that's what he's supposed to do. However, I, as a novice, wasn't telling him what to do, but he kind of made a great point by saying, don't you tell me what to do because I'm the one in charge, not you. And I never forgot that. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen funny. to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Father Richard, I think that I just feel like I feel like there's more than one more more than one show about the Rosary and the Holy Spirit. I, I can tell I can, and I'll tell you why I feel that. I, I I feel it because I'm a Catholic, right? I'm a Catholic, and so as a Catholic, I pra I try to practice faith and reason, faith and reason, right? We're we're encouraged to practice sure. faith and reason, and I'm looking. Because I engineer the broadcast for those who are listening, I'm I'm, I'm wearing a million hats here. Um, I'm also in charge of all the website and the email and everything, and it's and I, it's a volunteer ministry. So only God knows how this all hap is sticks together. But I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at our software br bringing in the program, and wow, we've we we've barely scratched the surface on the Rosary and Mary, and we we you know we're 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 pretty deep in the program. We're about 38 minutes in. So Father. I don't want to rush. I don't want to rush this. We can talk about this. We can speak about this in, in the future whenever, if, if you if you can come back in again. I hope you can. I can, absolutely. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Awesome. You yeah. know, one of, the, one of the things that really we need to spend more time in yep. uh, is the question of how. How do you pray the rosary? Yes. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, confusion about that. Okay. And there's a lot of people who have very negative ideas about that. That's true. Certainly in the document I had mentioned to you before that St. John Paul II wrote about the rosary, he goes into great detail about how to pray the rosary. Mm. It's, it's so when, when you hear his way of doing it, um, it's beautiful. And it becomes a, a prayer of meditation, a prayer of contemplation. Uh, and Basically, the rosary is Mary's way of bringing us closer to her and to her son. And it's like, it's well, that's just, as you say, that's another whole story. Yeah, uh, I, I think there's so many facets to this subject. Yeah, um, And so perhaps, hopefully, we can kind of whet someone's appetite to look up in a search engine. 
right. the rosary and to research for themselves. I mean, a person can look at, I mean, look, we live in the 21st century. They just have, everyone has a phone pretty much now mm-hmm. or yeah. has access to a search engine, at least within earshot of, of, of wherever our broadcast is going, I, I think, you know, because we got the podcasts and the radio programs and whatever else. But um, so they can look the rosary up. They can find out how to, how to, you know, what, it's a very simple process, right? But I think what, Maybe some of these websites don't show, you know, like you could, they could go to the Fatima website, they could go to the Vatican website, they could go to the Medjugorje website. I mean, there's a zillion websites that are going to show a person how to pray the rosary. Another thing that I think is important to mention is when we pray the rosary, we've already alluded to this, but the rosary is basically praying the scripture because we meditate yeah. on the life of Jesus when we pray right. these prayers. Right, Father? Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, also the life of Mary. Yes, which is so, which know, is we, scriptural, sure. It, it kind of just brings in the whole New Testament in particular. Exactly, and it's, and it's just so beautiful. Absolutely, and 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 what a lot of people fail to remember or recognize, Father Richard, I've observed, is that people think that the Bible has all. You know, here's my Bible. I mean, first of all, the printing press made this Bible, and that's a new invention compared to the life of, of, of Christianity. And, right. and people could not read many years ago, so they would hear the Word of God. They wouldn't read the Word of God. They would hear it. And that's where their faith came from, the hearing, according even to the Scripture, that we like, faith is gained through the hearing of the Word. And, right. and um, so uh, the, uh, the majority of people were not reading the Bible. They were hearing the Bible. And so, so the rosary became and becomes still a very effective way of remembering what's in the Word of God. And not mm-hmm. just remembering, but asking the Holy Spirit to teach us about the Word of God while we meditate on the rosary. Right. And, you know, you mentioned a very important word there, Remembering. And you know, our much of our faith, <clears throat> much of the practice of our faith is remembering. And when we celebrate the Eucharist, the Mass, the Mass is a remembrance of what Jesus did for us. And you know, it's remembering. It doesn't mean just thinking of a time and a place or a person and saying, "Oh yeah, I remember Joe. He was a nice guy and he did this." No, it's just kind of reliving. The awareness of, for example, being with a person. Uh, when we remember, for example, our uh, parents, especially you know those of us whose parents have already gone to the Lord. Um, you know, I think of my mother and my father many, many times. You know, during the day, over the years, uh, my father died over forty years ago. My mother only died about ten years ago. But you know, I, I remember each of them on so many occasions and so many things that come up and it's kind of like you really kind of go right back there to the moment when you were with them when they were alive and well um this remembering gives us the opportunity to do that so with mary and with jesus we're not just thinking of facts and figures that happened but we're going back to be with them and they are with us and so the the uh Rosary, then, the mysteries of the rosary become a time of contemplation. We really, literally enter into the mm-hmm. events, enter into the life of the person that we are praying to and praying about. 
Father Richard, that that's so well put. And it was. and I got I want to I want to testify to this incredible thing that happened to me through the rosary in in this specific topic. <laughs> As I stated before, I was completely lost. I did I cried out to God. I don't even I I looking back I'm I'm I I didn't even know t- that I knew to cry to God. That's how confused I was in my life at that time. Okay, but I, by the grace of God, I guess I, I, I cried out to God. I heard His voice. Everything changed in my life. And then the next thing you know, I'm praying the Rosary. I'm feeling peace. I'm getting relief, and so on. So I continue to pray the Rosary. And when I would pray the Rosary, Father Richard and Jackson and, and listener, um, and I remember I had a I had a friend who was a Catholic nun who helped me immensely. She was at at, at University of Massachusetts at Lowell. And she was a campus minister. There was a priest and a nun full-time at our campus. And she befriended me, and we became good friends. She was such a lovely person. She helped me so much. And I would go to her. At that time, I would go to her once a week for an hour, and she we would just talk. And I remember explaining it to her. Um, I would pray the rosary Father Richard Jackson and listener, I would pray the rosary, and I would have very vivid visions of Jesus Christ on the cross. I would smell smells and hear sounds and see blood, and I would see, like, I would see terrible things, like birds eating flesh. And, I mean, I I was seeing the crucifixion in such a close-up way, and in the process of that happening, I was... I was getting delivered of evil is what, what I believe was happening. Wow. But I didn't have any I didn't have any theology. I, I didn't know. I just knew I needed help and I'm praying this and all of a sudden I'm seeing these things spiritually and I'm getting delivered. Now I didn't wow. I couldn't talk about that. I couldn't speak that way then. But I remember explaining it to her and I I remember her just look like you know, puzzled a little bit perhaps. I don't know what she was thinking. How do I know? But but you know, it's a kind of an unusual thing to say to someone. I mean, I wasn't explaining it for 30 minutes. I really went into detail. It just because it, it was so. It was such a. It was. It was, it was a. It was unpleasant to yeah. see Jesus crucified in this way. But when I would have that vision, I would. I would the 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 the, the oppressive uh, anxiety and fear and uh, just the the nasty stuff that was 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 pulling me down. And, 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 and arresting me from having a, a, a joyful life and a productive life was, was being removed. And that happened many times. Later, many years later, I, found, I, I came to the realization in my brain, wait a minute, Jesus died for my sins. I mean, I really got the grip of that. Jesus died mm-hmm. for my sins. What he did on the cross will cast out all this evil and will heal us. Well, that had already happened to me through the rosary, but I didn't understand it. I didn't come to a revelation of it. I didn't, I, had, I didn't have a Christian understanding of it. It was in through God's mercy, through the rosary, I'm praying this rosary, and this is happening to me. I'm getting healed. I'm getting delivered. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know why I'm seeing this vision of Jesus. It took me years later to realize, oh, so that was what was happening. It was what was happening. What happened on the cross was delivering me and healing me. Right. Praise God. Amen. Um, you know, as you say that, Jeffrey, and I really appreciate that testimony, um, and it's a real testimony that, you know, we we have to recognize that how the Lord can work in a person's life. 
Uh, think of that song that we often do in our prayer meetings. You know, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and first time I heard that was at a charismatic conference in Orlando. Um, uh, no, actually, Pensacola, I'm sorry, way up to the northern part of Pensacola. And um, as we were singing that, the fir- that was the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you know, to recognize my sin on the cross. Mm. And it was like, I'm not sure I want to do that. But um, when I look at it and I see it, it's like, well, thank you, Lord. You know, I can understand now what you went through and why you went through it and what incredible effect it had on me. And, you know, you talk about your experiencing those things that you did. Mine was not maybe quite so dramatic. You're much more dramatic than I am, I know. But, um, you know, it's just like I was experiencing this kind of a a release of freedom, just like the Lord, you know, taking something off of my shoulder. Um, And not that I had never put it back on again, but, you know, every time I hear that song, I I just get kind of that release and that that Mm -hmm. feeling of, you know, just being freed up and being freed by by the wonderful mystery of the cross. Amen. Amen. And and when we, Jackson and I, uh, we belong to another prayer group, as you know, Father Richard. Right, right. In t- in our city, down at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church, right? Yep. And in that in that prayer group, we we always really the the anchor of the prayer group, which was charismatic as well, as you know, it, it was the Rosary. We always started with the Rosary, right, Jackson? Yep. Jackson, what yep. happened after we prayed the rosary in that prayer group? The the entire group shifted. It really did. What you, shifted how? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, the, the whole environment was different from before we started praying the rosary to after we started praying the rosary. There was a different uh, uh, peace. There was a different uh, clarity and stillness. Um, and always, and most importantly, the Lord showed up, the Lord showed up always, every, every time we prayed together like that, um, uh, always faithful every single time. And, um, you know, yeah, it, it, and it really set, I I think it, it really set up the rest of the night of prayer, right, Jeff? It was the group, the group was really interesting at that form. And no, I know father Richard, who had joined us too, um, it, we we would actually go into praise and worship after that. We would always pray the rosary, sing songs, and 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 sing to the Lord and cry out to the Lord. Um, normally read the scripture after that, and then close with intercessory prayer. And that was our format every week, right, Jeff? Song yes. I, just just one caveat to that is we would um, we would after the rosary, we, like you said, go into praise and worship, and then there would be room for. Uh, time to listen to the Holy Spirit and for people to uh, sure. sp- to to speak what we believe would be the Holy Spirit uh, giving us visions or words of knowledge or prophecy. Yep. And we had a lot of that, didn't we, Jackson? We did. And it we came did. true. I mean, so much of that. It was like, I mean, it, it's like for, for those who have never heard that or been in that environment, it's really remarkable. The Lord... You know, see, it's very sad to me because I watch people. I watch people I love go to things like um, people with crystal balls and, uh, 
you know, tea, le tea leaves and reading tarot cards and things of this nature, occult, we call that occultism. And it's really a, it's really a cheap um, counterfeit. It's yeah. a counterfeit of what the Holy Spirit can do for you and us. Good word. Because yeah. the Holy Spirit knows everything. It's the Spirit of truth. It's the Spirit of God. It is everywhere. It is all time. It's before. It's, 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 it's forever. It's the Spirit of God. It goes on. As far as the East is, I mean, it just, just, it just go, in time, it's timeless, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows everything, and the Holy Spirit loves us because it's the Spirit of the living God. And when we hear from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can tell us all the things that we need to know, and they will be accurate. And they will yeah. be accurate. Right, Father? Amen. You know, and it occurs to me, too, as you say that, that um, just the Spirit, the word Spirit itself, really means breath, you know, breathing. And this is the breath of God. And there's some very beautiful hymns that use that, you know, breath of God, breathe on me. And when the breath of God breathes on me, oh, that's when I am able to speak his word in some way or other. Um, you know, and the other thing, talking about certain hymns that affect you, uh, in our prayer group of St. Jude, uh, for a long time, uh, we were just singing all kinds of wonderful songs. They're, they've all been great, and you, especially Jeffrey, know that. You started it all. But um, at some point, I don't know how this happened or when or why, um, we took a whole turn toward the Blessed Mother. And I know there are not very many charismatic groups as such that go directly to the Blessed Mother. But we started singing that song um, written by, uh, I think, Michael Jonkus. The, the Magnificat, where it says, holy, holy is thy name. And every time we start doing that, our prayer group just comes alive. Mm. And it's usually at the end of that when words and inspiration and everything just happens. And, you know, we're just so conscious of the presence of the Blessed Mother in the midst of this powerful, powerful uh, gathering of prayer. That's awesome. That is beautiful. I, for those listening in, um, I just want you to know you're listening to Praise You, Lord, the underground independent Catholic Christian radio broadcast brought to you once a week by the grace of God and by the power of your prayers. Welcome to the Praise You, Lord community. We're, we, we are here on, and we are, we are driving home really three pillars now. And the first one is testimony. And, what, and the second one is thanksgiving. And the third is praise, praise and worship. And uh, we also support the underground independent Christian uh, Christian gospel and praise and worship music. So if you have music that you'd like to have played on the broadcast, we over the last few uh, broadcasts we had, we, we haven't played a lot of music, but we have plenty of broadcasts with a lot of music and we'll continue. Um, you can go you can check our podcasts out at any time you want. And there are now, with including this one, 142 of them. Most of them are online on all of the major podcast platforms. So you can go to any one of them and find us. Um, thank you for listening in. You're welcome to the Praise You, Lord community. We are a community of people who come together, who love Jesus, who love the Lord, who are seeking the truth, and uh, trying to learn and remember and be grateful and share testimony uh, because that is, we believe, as the book of Revelation reads, that we are going to conquer Satan, 
by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb of God, that is the, the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross. And that's what, we, that, that's what we're doing here today, and that's what we always do, by the grace of God. Please pray for us. We really, 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 really appreciate your prayers. We thank you. Oh, and speaking of prayer, we want to pray again for Chief, um, Chief Craig Ashley, the fire chief of Boca Raton, Florida, who uh, had a stroke a few weeks ago, and we have good news. Thank you for your prayers for Chief Craig Ashley. He is much better. So we're going to pray and continue to pray that the Lord fully restores him 100% and even gives him supernatural, even better. Even that he, that not just get better, but even even better and has a wonderful testimony. We just, we just pray for Chief Ashley today, and I'd like to also pray for all the first responders and all those folks that are out there protecting us on the front lines, like the EMTs and the firefighters, of course, and the police officers, our our uh, our armed services in the military, and the um, uh, the intelligence services, all of all of the folks out there that are out there that are protecting our country and protecting us. We just thank you so much, number one, and we. I just ask the Praise You, Lord community to pray for these people because we need them so much, and they are under great um, uh, challenge. They have great challenge right now in 2020. It's, it's a tough year, and we just pray for their protection. We pray for their protection of their families. We pray for their, their, the sound mind and peace in their hearts and joy in their hearts. We pray that, they, they, they're, uh, we pray that they're, they have courage to do the right thing before God, and um, we pray for those people in Jesus' holy name. We pray, Amen. Amen. And Fa- we can make that a very yes, Father. I'd like to just add, make that a very important um, petition, you know, and intention rather for every time we say the Rosary, you know, to just have all of those prayers and bring them to the Blessed Mother. She knows how to handle them, and she'll do a great job. And can I add just one more little thing? Please do. We're going to run out of time, so you got about a minute. Go ahead. Okay, that's all I need. Perfect. I just want to mention how very important it is to all that we've been talking about to have music. Music, I've always loved music from my earliest days, and I am so blessed to have had two great musicians, Jeffrey and Jackson, and a great singer, um, um, what's his name? Michael. Michael, who's not with us tonight. Um, and what a blessing that is, because music just lifts us right up to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Thank yeah. you for those kind words, Father. Well, we're, yep. we're at the close of our broadcast. You guys can't see it coming in or hear it. Uh, Father Richard Ch- Champney O'Carm, thank you again for coming into the program. My pleasure. Oh, it's been wonderful. Jackson Messick, God bless you, brother. So great to have you. Thanks, Jeff. Always, buddy. God bless you and your families, and praise you.